Hi, I'm Derek Watts, and your weekend is not over. Why not start each morning with Carte Blanche, the podcast, a unique story bringing you unique perspectives on the go. You can now take us with you anywhere, anytime. Go on, hit that follow and subscribe button. You know you want to. It's a story that's sadly become all too familiar in recent years. Boys at prestigious boarding schools being sexually abused by school staff. Often these traumatic incidents date back decades, with survivors only now breaking through the thick but unseen wall of silence. This story takes us from the UK to an idyllic retirement village in Cape Town as McFarlane Mulady tracks down two South African men fighting extradition to the UK to face several charges of sexual abuse. Note that this story contains graphic descriptions of sexual abuse which might upset sensitive listeners. Illegal tug of war over secrets long concealed at exclusive British boarding schools. Two South African teachers wanted by UK authorities. Accused of abusing schoolboys as young as nine. Protected by a culture of silence, two alleged paedophiles operating with free reign. Until now. One, who is in his late 70s, is facing dozens of sexual abuse charges. He forced me to unzip his trousers and take out his penis and then masturbate him to orgasm. I've been given strict instructions by my attorney not to speak to anybody. The other, in his 80s, is charged with a slew of sexual offences from his time at two top schools in Scotland. Now an acclaimed British radio and TV presenter, a witness to horrifying abuse, is joining others in speaking out. He must have abused hundreds of boys. He could well be one of the worst paedophiles in British criminal history. Both former teachers were arrested in Cape Town in 2019, but are fighting extradition. For decades, independent British boarding schools have earned a reputation for being amongst the finest education institutions in the world. Here, some of the most notable minds were shaped, the likes of judges, politicians, captains of industry and aristocracy. Broadcaster Nicky Campbell's parents believed it was a priceless gift. They didn't have much money, they just wanted the very best education and they, they sacrificed so much. Um, I guess that's one of the reasons that we we didn't say the stuff that was going on when we were little boys. We didn't want to let our parents down. This prestigious education came at a cost, not only the prohibitive financial fees, but for the abused, an emotional toll from which they never recovered. Alex Renton is an author and journalist. You know, it's incredibly privileged education, which would set you up for life, as the parents were told, but it ended up being a life sentence. At certain schools beneath the veneer of privilege lurked a depraved underbelly where children were used by adults for their own sexual gratification. Nicky Campbell attended Edinburgh Academy. It is here he allegedly saw one of the accused, Ian Wares, abuse his 10-year-old friend in the school's changing rooms. It's one of those images you can never unsee. 
do you have any recollection or can you still remember what happened um, on, on that day? This teacher, he's standing over my friend and he pulled his, my friend's shorts down and he just started playing with him, um, just, um, just fondling him and playing with his genitals. Both teachers are resisting calls for justice. Weirs says, due to his age, extradition would be too severe. Price argues he can't be extradited because of Brexit. Advocate, what did you say is the status of the extradition treaty between the UK and South Africa right now? Now, the UK, from my uh, information, is still a member of the Council of Europe. So the extradition treaty is not affected in that way. Advocate J.J. Dutoy, who is the retired Deputy Director of Public Prosecutions and former head of the extradition desk, has a much clearer viewpoint. You know, there's a misconception that there always must be a treaty between countries in order for them to extradite. It's not so. There's the internationally recognized principle of comity, good neighborness. That is another avenue that's still available even for the sake of argument there's no treaty. In an affidavit, Ian Wears admits to abusing boys. He says his sexual tendencies were already evident in South Africa before he went to Scotland. After graduating at Cape Town University, Ian Wears came to St. George's Grammar School in 1966. The affidavit states, while I was teaching at St. George's Grammar School, I sometimes had urges to touch the boys in an inappropriate manner. In 1967, he left South Africa to get psychiatric help for his problem in Scotland, and he was admitted to the Royal Edinburgh Hospital for three months. But instead of staying away from children, Wes went on to get a teaching diploma in Scotland and then got another teaching position at Edinburgh Academy. And instead of urges, Ian Wes now acted upon his desires. No, the pain is still there and the agony is still there and the the outrage is still there. And for many people, his hand is still there. From Edinburgh Academy in Scotland to Ashdown House Preparatory School in rural England, Luke is a businessman in his 50s and was sent to board when he was just eight years old. He was at school with former Prime Minister Boris Johnson in the mid-70s, and King Charles III's cousin, Viscount Linley, was sent there a few years before. Lord Snowden and um, Her Royal Highness seem to think that our treatment is uh, satisfactory, humane, and I hope beneficial to the pupils. But for Luke, boarding school was utterly inhumane, and he felt lonely and isolated. So we had these holes in our heart. We were incredibly vulnerable just from being detached and taken away from our families. So we were looking for any adult who would give us attention. They were torturous years. Luke says he experienced 10 months of unrelenting abuse from his English teacher, South African David Price, who groomed chosen boys and once he had won their trust, the abuse escalated from just touching to penetration. And the next thing I remember is that I'm lying down on his bed um, and he's pulling my shorts down and he is, he's, he's started to touch my penis. So the next sort of stage of memory was then having um, pain in my anus but I assume I've been penetrated digitally. Alex Renton was the eighth generation in his family to go to boarding school. Like Luke, he too attended Ashdown House Preparatory School. 
it was the British model that produced people to go and rule the empire. And, and, and the ethos was hardship, teaching resilience, violent discipline. And that, of course, is a environment that is very good for predatory pedophiles. You know, they're vulnerable children in an atmosphere where secrets must be kept. And the cultivation of secrets is part of the pedophile's arsenal. Alex Renton was abused at the age of nine, and the teacher gave him a sweet as compensation afterwards. When his mother heard of this, she challenged the headmaster. But the headmaster then accused her son of making it up. In the headmaster's eyes, I was the filthy boy, a filthy-minded boy, and that's what he called me in public for the next four years. What you know, I found most troubling as I grew up was those four years of psychological abuse by the headmaster, a man who should have been protecting me. Luke says it was sheer hell. When he told the headmaster that David Price was abusing him, it was ignored, and the abuser became the tormentor. I told the most powerful person there is, and he can't protect me. The sexual abuse stopped, but the psychological and emotional abuse continued from both of them for two more years. It was the most terrifying two years of my life. Severe corporal punishment and sexual abuse was so rife in boarding schools and care homes that in 2015, the United Kingdom set up a number of inquiries. Hundreds of victims came forward to give testimony of the exploitation they suffered at the hands of numerous perpetrators. We want to hear every single person who comes within our reach and wants to tell us about having been abused. And we want to hear from anyone who... When Luke and Alex Renton testified, they felt it was the first time the adults had actually listened to them. So the, these inquiries shone a very strong light on these dark, fetid corners of English and Scottish society. To create awareness of the scourge of abuse, Alex Renton used his influence as a journalist and has bravely spoken about his abuse in articles and podcasts. In 2018, he made a documentary in which he revisited Ashdown House. What does it feel like, Alex, to be here again? Oh, man, I, I mean, it's horrible. I, I mean, I, it's a sunny day in a beautiful place, and I, I was very unhappy here for too long for a small child, and it took me too long to get over it. With all of the media attention, Alex Renton says that over a 1,000 people have written to him with similar stories of abuse. He holds the schools accountable that if they did have to get rid of a teacher because too many parents and children had claimed, they didn't tell the police. They gave him a reference and it enabled him to get a job at another school. When the doors of teaching closed in the UK, both Price and Wears returned to South Africa. David Price taught at Western Province Prep School for about 14 years. And Wears taught at Rondebosch Boys Prep School for 27 years and says he never abused again. Rona Hammond at the Western Cape Education Department says Price and Wears' records in South Africa are clean. Obviously, this is at an official level. Nothing has been put forward, got no records whatsoever. No records whatsoever. And we have checked with the schools involved um, and to ask them if they have any history of um, any records against them. And they have also confirmed that they cannot find any evidence. Alex, Nikki and Luke may have been protected if the UK had made it compulsory to report any suspicion of abuse to an outside authority. 
These three are now supporting a campaign to make it legally enforceable. We will go on having these problems until we get the law correct. If the law had been right when X abused you and your friends, they would have been stopped that year. And it's unbelievable that, you know, 40 years after we were at school, children are still at risk in that way. What is the department's stance on abuse right now? It's mandatory now under the Children's Act and the Criminal Law Act. There has been a disclosure of child abuse to actually report it, and then they are actually criminally negligent if they do not do so. The psychological toll of abuse is well known. It's a weight that Luke has carried for over 40 years, and he admits that he spent a lot of time in therapy just learning how to trust again. He tracked David Price down 20 years ago by hiring a private investigator who told him that he was in South Africa and teaching. How does it make you feel that he was then passed on to South Africa? My anger at, this, at the original school was, was just huge. I, I called the previous headmaster and gave him very strongly worded opinion about what I thought of him and just what he had done. He'd allowed this man to go back to South Africa and very likely, given the nature of the man, to abuse children in South Africa. We should be heartily ashamed for allowing these men, these dangerous men, to be exported to South Africa. But I do, you know, wonder at what point South Africa is going to get it together to make sure justice is done and give the survivors in back in UK the closure they need. What Alex is talking about is extradition. David Price's matter is still pending in court and there is no hearing date yet. Carte Blanche wanted his side of the story. I'm old, okay, 76. I can't think clearly at the moment. You're putting pressure on me. Are you saying that you've never sexually abused any boys at any stage, at any time that you've been teaching? Right. Okay, thank you. I hope this guy gets his day in court. Ian Wears is due to appear in Simonstein Court at the end of October. Many people feel that Wears gets to spend the rest of his days in comfort in a retirement village in Fishhook, Cape Town. But his victims are still suffering from the psychological trauma of his abuse. He's living in comfortable retirement while many of these men of my age have been living with a nightmare. No cameras on me, please, sir. No, no, no problem. Uh, we're here to see Ian Wears. Carte Blanche went to Wears' home looking for answers. I've spoken to him. He says he doesn't wish to chat to you guys at all. He, he doesn't want to chat to them. Okay. When asked, the Justice Ministry would not confirm if the extradition treaty between South Africa and Britain was still in place, as it was part of this litigation. What is certain is that the victims are still waiting for justice. What would it mean for you if, um, you know, Wears were to end up in court and finally face up to all of these allegations and charges? If he were to be extradited and to face trial, at least those little boys would feel vindicated. And justice is release. That's what justice is. Justice is the first day of the rest of your life. We contacted the various UK schools featured in the story. They responded saying they were cooperating with authorities and now have robust measures in place to safeguard the children under their care. 
Keep an eye on the Carte Blanche website and social platforms for more updates on the story. We love sharing these unique and eye-opening stories with you. If you have friends and family living overseas, they can also join in on the Carte Blanche conversation. Tell them to find Carte Blanche, the podcast, now on all major podcast platforms.